Well, are you guys ready to hear God's word this morning? I've, I've just been um, waiting to be able to say this. Let's open with God's word and let's stand together to honor it this morning as we read it. We're going to read from Philippians chapter 4 this morning, verses 4 through 7. Be cheerful with joyous celebration in every season of life. Let joy overflow, for you are united with the anointed one. Let gentleness be seen in every relationship, for our Lord is ever near. Don't be pulled in different directions or worried about a thing. Be saturated in prayer throughout each day, offering your faith-filled requests before God in overflowing gratitude. Tell him every detail of your life. Then God's wonderful peace that transcends human understanding will make the answers known to you through Jesus Christ. Amen and amen. Let's pray. Father God, we're just so thankful to be um, gathered together this morning. And we just ask that you would show us the heart of the Father towards us, Lord. We just want to be grateful sons and daughters in this place. Thank you for your word to us. We want to be different as a result of of hearing from you this morning. In your mighty name we pray, amen and amen. All right, you can be seated. So it is so good. It really is so good to be sharing um, right here in this physical location this week. It's also so great to, to, to have everybody that is watching with Church at Home this morning and even those of you that are going to be watching this uh, archived on Facebook and YouTube and all those places later on. Um, that's all awesome too. But it, is, it just feels so good to to have more faces staring back at me than just Pastor Derek in the room. <laughs> so, I don't know, he has a pretty face, but you know, yeah, it's good to see you guys. It's so good, so good to have you in the place this morning. So, we are in week two of this series called Positive. And man, isn't this a very, very timely message for the time and the season that we're in right now. Negativity can try to rule our lives and it can try to creep in and it can seem like there's lots of opportunity for that to creep in right now. And so we need to be able to stay positive and we need to be able to set our eyes on things that are above, right? And so today we're going to talk about gratitude. Gratitude is something that we really, really, really need to have. And so I don't know about you, but during a time when, you've been, when we've been in the stay-at-home season and you're with the people that you're closest to, your family, you start to learn a whole lot of stuff about them, right? And you know, you know anybody know what I mean? I, in fact, I've, I've learned quite a bit, and I'll just share a little bit this morning. Um, I have, many of you know, I have seven children. Deanna and I, I should say, have seven children. And we actually have another one that's been staying with us now, so I guess we've got, brought another one in. McKenna's been with us from from Denver now for uh, two weeks, and she's going to be with us for another week. So uh, five of my own children at home right now, plus another one, six. Uh, But I, during this time, have actually learned that we have another kid, and another one that I didn't even know about, and, and an eighth kid. And so, to be fair... I've never seen this kid, but I've heard uh, his or her name a lot, and his name is Nobody. Anybody have Nobody that's in their house? Uh, For example, you know, Nobody 
ate all the Pop-Tarts and left the Pop-Tart box on the, and put it back in the pantry without throwing it away. Anybody have that person in their family? Okay, thank you. We have a winner at the back table. <laughs> and, and, and nobody peed on the toilet seat and didn't wipe it down. Uh-huh, yep. <laughs> nobody um, took out the diaper and left it on the front door instead of putting it in the bin, which is like two feet over from there. <laughs> you know, nobody did all of that stuff. And so if I ever find this nobody, um, he's going to be in some time out. You know what I mean? He's going to be in trouble. Maybe somebody, some of you have a nobody too. Uh, maybe everybody has a little bit of nobody in their lives somewhere. It's kind of like having an elf on a shelf that's just around all you year long. <laughs> you never know what you're going to get. You just walk around the corner and there's no telling what nobody's done. But I'll tell you what, it's sure enough to make this father complain about it, right? And so we, and we can complain about all sorts of things. Uh, Gen Z, they actually have a name for people that complain. They're called Karens. And I don't know, is there any Karens in the, in the room this morning? If there is, uh, I apologize. Uh, an entire generation has now labeled you as a complainer. I didn't do it. That said, let me tell you about a guide at the Blarney Castle in Ireland. Anybody ever been to Blarney Castle in Ireland? Anybody? All right, nice. And so he was a... ...he had had the week before um, that he had taken to the castle. And so he's telling this story. He says, these people were complaining about everything. They didn't like the weather. They didn't like the food. They didn't like their hotel accommodations, the prices, everything. Then to top it off, when they arrived at the castle, we found that the area to the Blarney Stone, which is what everybody goes to the castle to see, right, was roped off. They were working. Um, they were making some kind of repairs that day. And this lady pipes up and she said, this is the last straw. And she was kind of, had become kind of the, he noticed the leader, the chief fault finder in the group. And she said, this is the last straw. I've come all this way and now I can't even kiss the Blarney Stone. Well, the guide, he says, according to legend, you know, uh, if you kiss someone who has kissed the stone, it's the same as kissing the stone itself. And of course the lady says, and I suppose you've kissed the stone. And <laughs> better than that, replied the guide, I've sat on it. And so that, my friends, is what you would call a Karen, for instance. Just as a for instance, that's an example of someone our culture might call a Karen, a complainer, right? And so that said, we are a culture, we have a culture, we're living in a culture of complainers, aren't we? We complain about all sorts of things. We complain about the weather. It's too hot. It's too cold. It's too rainy. It hasn't rained enough. We need more rain. Um, people complain about the pandemic, right? And the situation that we've been put in with that. Why are people wearing masks? Why isn't anybody wearing a mask? Why are people just out and about? You know, and, and what are they doing? People complain about being home too long as well. And so I've been you know, last six weeks, maybe you've been in, in quarantine there, and that's from the same people who are complaining about being at work too much just three months previous, right? You can't win for losing. So I submit to you this morning that we've got a new pandemic in town, and it is the pandemic of complaining. And we, as the people of God, need to flatten the curve on this pandemic of complaining. I got anybody that is agreeing with that in the house this morning. 
We need to flatten the curve. The good news that I have for us this morning is that there is a cure to the pandemic of complaining, and it is called gratitude. Botox, you don't need to, you don't need the anti-aging cream. If, if you want to improve the curb appeal of your face, put a smile on it, right? <laughs> put a smile on it. And that smile comes from a heart and an understanding that it is full of gratitude. It comes from a place of gratitude and it, it creates a glad heart and a place that we can smile. Now, Lest you think that this is just, uh, you know, some biblical precept um, that I'm tossing out to you today, I actually found an article in Psychology Magazine that talks about the psychological benefits of gratitude in our lives. And I'm going to show it to you in scripture as well. But this is interesting looking at this. Check this out. According to the article, gratitude does five things that they've positively identified that will impact your life. Number one, gratitude eliminates toxic emotions. Gratitude reduces pain. It improves sleep quality. And gratitude aids in stress regulation. And the last thing, gratitude reduces anxiety and depression. Does that sound like a miracle drug? Does that sound like something, you know, I might take that. Well, it is. <laughs> and guess what? There's no guy that's going to come on after the commercial in a fast voice and, and list all the side effects because there isn't any. <laughs> there isn't any. And so gratitude is good for you. D does anybody need a little bit of gratitude in their lives today? Are you feeling a little bit critical is maybe the question that we need to ask this morning. Feeling a little bit of anxiety, a little bit of pressure, a little bit of complaining coming out. There's a cure for that, and it's called gratitude. So here's a good question to just kind of kick off this discussion this morning. What do you need to exhibit gratitude for in your life? What do you need to exhibit gratitude for in your life? And we could say it this way. Gratitude is the gateway to peace. Peace, we know, if you've, if you've been around, we, we talked about is the gateway to that. Gratitude is the gateway to peace. I encourage you today, step through it, step into it, and watch as God transforms your insides and your heart because you can't have gratitude. You can't be full of gratitude and then start spewing out all this complaining uh, from your lips, right? Gratitude is the gateway to peace. So now I just don't want to stand up here and throw out some kind of empty platitudes and some cute phrases that you can try to memorize. So uh, I, I've seen it personally, but we're also going to go to the scriptures. But how, let's talk about how is this expressed? Um, I've shared it here before that I've, I've struggled before with anxiety. Um, some severe anxiety, which, which led to, you know, kind of taking me out of, you know, just functioning for a while. And I don't, you know, some of you have maybe been there. And it can, that kind of stuff can, for some people, lead towards depression. Um, depression 
hasn't been so much a part of my story, but if you've ever known someone or had a loved one who's struggled with depression, you know the internal dialogue that can be very dangerous to a person, right? And, and, and one really healthy thing that we can do if you're struggling with that kind of stuff, anxiety, depression, um, that heaviness, if you have gratitude for something, I would just encourage you to start writing it down. This, this is a practice that a, a lot of um, uh, people in the counseling situations would say, if you have gratitude for something, you just write it down. You Maybe you, 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 you hear that, you think, but what do I have to be grateful for? I don't have a lot right now. That might be the first thing that comes into your mind. And I would say, just start. Just start writing it down. Call it your gratitude journal and, be, and, and just make it maybe a part of your devotional time, your time with God, and begin to write things down that you have gratitude for. And understand this, if and when you start, it might, it might start with, well, you know, I'm thankful for the butterflies, Jesus. We all know that. We're, we're thankful for, for rainbows. And it might, you're like, man, this stuff is hard to find. You might, that might be how it starts, but you just keep going and all of a sudden it will get deeper. And so I've heard counselors talk about this, about patients who have done this. And over time, they've written down literally over a thousand different things that they can look back on and find gratitude for in their own words and gratitude was the way out of a pit of despair for them and so maybe today you find yourself in a bit of a pit maybe there's some anger maybe there's some um, anxiety negativity maybe there's some complaining that's bubbling out in your life some bitterness or some anxiousness gratitude then becomes the gateway to peace for you and in fact I I heard a pastor during about uh, a friend of his finding out that they were diagnosed with a rare kind of cancer and um, they had given her about five or six months to live. And so as you can imagine, when someone's dealing with that in their head, I mean, it's, it's just all the thoughts that come through, right? All the thoughts of, you know, what if? What if, are, am I gonna be, I'm gonna, I'm gonna miss out with my family, with my kids. Um, it can be quite a pit of despair and discouragement and even lead to depression if you let it when you receive news right? And the pastor's wife heard about this lady and reached out to her and she showed her her own gratitude journal, which she had been writing in for, for a couple years. And this was something that had really impacted her and really given her strength and really given her a footing. So she went and she picked up a blank journal and she talked to this lady about it and says, hey, I know this is a totally different circumstance, but this has helped me. Maybe it'll help you. A few months down the road, This lady who'd been diagnosed with cancer came back to share, even though what she walked through was incredibly difficult in the face of sickness, in the the face of her cancer diagnosis, that even though she was sitting there in the hospital, you know, with chemo dripping into her veins, she said, it couldn't touch my heart because my heart began to fill up with gratitude. And she pulled out her journal and it was full of pages of all the things that Holy Spirit had led her to be grateful for. She was finding silver linings, even in the middle of a situation that every single one of us would not want to have to walk through. And so there, even in that situation, she said, you begin to find a gateway, gratitude that paves the way to peace and to shalom and to fullness. And that's where she had um, gotten to, that place. And so we're gonna look at the scripture today. It's in Philippians chapter four. You're not here, by the way, um, either watching online or in the room by accident. God wants you to hear a truth from his word, I believe, that has the 
um, opportunity to be transformational in your life. So let's look together at Philippians chapter four, verse four. We're gonna go four through eight this morning. And I want you to understand something before uh, we get into this, and that is that Paul is actually writing this. He's writing this from prison. (laughs) So he's in a situation, about this for a second. He's in a situation where he's locked up and he can't go anywhere and he can't get out and he certainly has a very unsure future, right? He doesn't know what tomorrow is gonna bring. Does that start to feel like a little bit close to any of us right now in the situation that we're in? Yes, and it's, it's in that situation that he pens these verses, okay? He writes these words. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say, what does he say? Rejoice. Isn't that interesting? Now, I, I think it's important whenever you're with a friend or maybe when you were, you, know, you were little and your parents, they repeat something two times to you like that. It's important to listen to, right? This is important to listen up. So Paul is saying this, rejoice. And then I'm, I'm gonna say it again for the people in the back, rejoice, <laughs> right? Well, the Greek word for rejoice is the word Cairo, and it means to be glad, which would make sense, no surprises there. But there's a beautiful truth if we dig just a little bit deeper here, and the root word for Cairo comes directly from the word cherish, and cherish means, um, its meaning is grace. It's talking about God's unmerited favor, for those who are familiar with that word, unmerited favor. In other words, getting something that you don't deserve, right? And so you see a beautiful little word picture here with this, where his circumstances don't dictate his attitude of gratitude, right? It didn't dictate him rejoicing as he's writing this verse. That's not the natural thing that would come out if you're locked up in prison and you can't get out and your future is uncertain, but that's what he writes. Rejoice, and again, I'm gonna tell you, Rejoice, And then it says, let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. Paul's saying, God's not gone. Even in the middle of this prison where I'm locked up, he's not gone in the middle of a quarantine. He's not gone in the middle of a pandemic, right? He's not gone. The Lord is close. And therefore, he says, do not be anxious for anything. Do not be anxious for anything. Now, that's a tough one. Don't be anxious for anything. Well, the word anxious from the Greek, actually it means to to be concerned or worried. But even more beautifully, it's a word picture. So in the Greek, it means to be pulled apart in many directions. To be pulled apart in many directions. It sounds like anxiousness, right? It starts pulling us in different directions, our minds going different directions. Have you ever felt a little bit pulled apart? Worry begins to pull us apart. Those thoughts, anxiety begin to pull us apart. And when you start worrying maybe about your job, you start worrying about your health and your finances and all this stuff, and you begin to feel pulled apart, that's where anxiety and anxiousness comes in. Paul says, don't be pulled apart and don't be anxious about anything. But in everything... Everything, and this is a concept that Paul um, talks about many times in scriptures. In fact, if you were with us last week in Romans 8, he says, hey, listen, God can take care of, he can take all things, right? Everything and work them together for the good for those who called according to his purpose. It's the same principle God's using everything here. He says, listen, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, 
By prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. So the word thanksgiving right there is the word eucharista. And yes, it means to be thankful. But in the middle of that word, what do we see? We see the word cherish again. It's the idea of God's unmerited favor. His grace is in the root of that word. Isn't it beautiful that Paul is saying you can rejoice and rejoice, do it again. And, and, and with that and with what? We're gonna do it with thanksgiving. These things and these emotions and these attitudes stem from a place much deeper than the circumstance that I Right? It's from a heart of gratitude, understanding that which you've been saved from. Because you see, the truth of the matter is what Paul's saying here is, hey, listen, I'm in prison here. I get it. I'm locked up. But you know what? My circumstance does not dictate my ability to rejoice and be thankful. (laughs) And for us today, I would submit to you That it's not just about being out of quarantine or or maybe being out of fear or being out of worry. It's about something much deeper. It's about being set free, about being transformed from the bonds of sin that hold us back, receiving something that we didn't deserve, God's grace. It's, It's his cherish. And in that, we find the ability to rejoice. We find the ability to be thankful. That's what Paul is telling us. And then check this out, verse seven. Just listen, let me speak this verse over us this morning. Verse seven, listen and tell me if this just doesn't sound like the father heart of God speaking over us this morning. It's like the best thing ever. And the peace of God, the shalom of God, the fullness of his presence, the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding will guard your heart and it will guard your minds in Christ Jesus. How'd you like to have that spoken over you again? I'm just gonna say it over all of us this morning. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your heart and your minds in Christ Jesus. The peace of God. The peace of God. Doesn't that sound good? The the idea of peace, the idea, you know, here's the thing, that, that word peace in the Greek, it actually means the opposite of being anxious. The scripture that we were reading earlier, remember we said the anxiety is like being pulled apart? In the original Greek, that's the word picture there. It's being pulled apart in many directions, right? But this word is different. It's arneia, and it means the exact opposite. It means to be made whole, to be made complete, to be brought back together again, to be made whole. So what you find is that the peace of God, a gift of God's peace, comes from being made whole. So let me try to illustrate this morning. See if I can do this without embarrassing myself. <laughs> Let's see. This is a picture of our life. And in our life, we've got worries, right? And so as they happen, the worries kind of gives us a little bit of a teetering effect, right? We're carrying the worries. We're carrying the, the uh, disappointments. We're carrying all the pressures. And we, we, we you know, one, one isn't so bad. I can, I can do this and I can, I can feel pretty comfortable about it. Um, I can walk around here with one worry. But what happens when we start? Oh. <laughs> Some of you are getting nervous for me. Um, what happens when, when we start piling these on? We've got to add a little bit of, you know, um, complaining in here from some of the things that we're dealing with. We add a little bit of, you know, uncertainty about the future. We add a bit of anxiety. We add a bit of, uh, of hurt from relationships, some distrust. All these worries start adding up on the plate. And I've got a few more. I've just got a smorgasbord of worries over here, so I'm going to keep on digging. 
And these things add up and they keep on coming. We keep on adding different worries and concerns. And what happens to us as the plate begins to fill is that we, we start being filled with anxiety. We can, be, we can battle depression because we feel like, well, what happens if I try to go where God wants me to go? I've, I'm feeling nervous that if I go somewhere, I'm just gonna fall all apart. My world is gonna fall apart, right? If this is me, this is my life, and this represents me, I'm going a whole bunch of directions. The enemy is trying to steal and kill and destroy, and, and he's doing his thing, and it's breaking me apart. And so I'm standing here, and I'm thinking about, well, God wants me to go over there, but I'm not, I'm not certain about that anymore, because if I start moving, everybody starts getting a little bit nervous about what's, what's gonna happen, right? If I start moving too much, or if I start going too fast, I might spill, and what happens if I trip, right? <laughs> And here Paul says, I've got a different idea for you. He says, do not be anxious about anything, right? And Jesus has a different idea for us because the worries of the world, they pull us apart, it says in scripture. And that's not a, that's not a way to live. That's not living. And, and, and I can get in that place and then I'm even fearful to move. I don't want to do what God has for me to do. I find myself stuck. How many of you have found yourself kind of in a place where you're just kind of afraid to do anything? You're afraid to move. And so guess what? Listen, Paul says, don't be anxious about anything. Don't be pulled apart in many directions. But we find ourselves there, and we find ourselves with all those worries and all those concerns. We try to walk, and they're like, oh my God, why didn't I do it? I should have just stayed over there, right? Look at this now. My life is, is a mess. But Jesus comes into the picture, and Paul gives us this picture. He says, I have come to make you whole. I've come to give you peace, which means to be made whole. And so what happens? I, I'm up on the stage here. I don't have any worry or concern about dropping this ball. I feel pretty confident, even in my limited ability, to hold on to this ball. I can even go wherever God wants me to go, and I can keep myself together. If I trip, it's not even a concern because the peace of God is with me and he makes me whole and he makes me complete. Anybody see that this morning, the difference there? Where the enemy tries to come in and steal and pull you apart, but Jesus comes and he says, don't be anxious about anything. I've come to give you peace and I've come to make you whole. To see if I can make it? Yeah. <laughs> did you get that? I hope you did. <laughs> so guess what? You can't get this, verse seven, without doing verse six. Don't be anxious about anything, but in everything with prayer and petition, supplication, make your requests known to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding because his thoughts, they're so much higher than mine. They're so much higher than ours. His ways are so much higher. He will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. So the peace of God. Now, um, we can also illustrate it like this. It's one of the bumper stickers that you've probably seen. Um, tell me if you've seen it. We'll throw it up on the screen for you. No Jesus, no peace. No Jesus, no peace, right? You see that? See what they did there? You get it? I'll give you a little bit more time for the people that are a little bit slow to waking up on Sunday mornings. No Jesus, no peace. Cheesy, yeah, but it feels a little trite. But is it true? Absolutely. Why? Because Jesus 
is the Prince of Peace, right? And so knowing Jesus is knowing peace. Knowing Jesus is to know peace. How do I get this peace? Well, it goes back to gratitude, actually, because gratitude, remember, is the gateway to peace. And so where does this gratitude come from? It comes from an understanding of something that you receive what you don't deserve, right? It's his grace. It's his unmerited favor, his cherish. And when you understand that and you operate from a place of gratitude, as Jesus said, out of the overflow of your heart, what is it? Out of the overflow of your heart, your heart full of gratitude, your mouth is going to speak it. That's thankfulness. And it begins to squelch the negativity. It helps you to stay positive. It helps you to keep your eyes set on things of above. Gratitude is the gateway to peace. So there's a final verse that Paul pens here in the book of Philippians chapter 4, verse 8. And as he's coming to a close, he says, finally, brothers, whatever is true, Whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about such things. Why? It goes back to what we were saying last weekend, because what we think about begins to transform our hearts, right? It transforms our minds. And then out of the overflow of our heart, the mouth begins to speak. So let me illustrate it to you the best way that I know how. Could try something else again this morning. So let's say this represents our life. And maybe this is your life and even your heart um, you know, we're not talking about, you know, the heart that pumps blood through your veins. We're talking about your, your dreams, your hopes, your desires, that, that kind of heart. It's your totality of living. And so maybe this is you and, and you're feeling pretty good, right? This is like 2019 you. <laughs> this is maybe January 2020 you. Quarter one was looking good. Um, this was a time when the, the kids were still back in the school building, <laughs> Right? Uh, it, it was a different place, different time. You, you, everything was looking good, um, crystal clear. No worries, no concerns. Let's just pretend that's where you're at, okay? And so what happens, though, is worries and concerns enter the picture. And so, you know, 2020, March hit. Oh, there's a pandemic. And worry starts to fill our minds. And we get concerned about things like uh, our financial well-being. We get concerned about things like, you know, what about that email from my boss? I'm not sure if, if that's a good thing or not. And so I get anxious about it. I, I have some anxiety that's building up. And, and, then, and then we have all these things kind of coming on. And we're like, well, I'm, there's this depression that's kind of clouding my vision. And there's this heaviness that kind of comes And all the weight of the world kind of comes in and it clouds our view, right? And so we start holding on to all this stuff. And maybe there's concern about a relative who's immunocompromised and there's true concern about what's going to happen to them. What about the economy? You know, what if this virus comes back with a vengeance? And there's all this stuff that comes back in to kind of, somebody's like, what about the murder hornets? (laughs) 
And all this stuff kind of comes in and clouds our mind. And this is what happens to us. It was all good. Now I don't feel so great. I feel pulled apart. I feel um, anxious. I'm probably complaining. Um, Maybe there's depression. Maybe there's anxiety. Maybe there's fear. And worry is setting in. Jesus tells us there's a better way. And so Paul about this. He says, don't be anxious about anything. The scripture we've been hanging out in this morning, but in everything, in all things, present your requests to God and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. You see, there's a cure for the pandemic of complaining and the cure is a nice picture of gratitude. And so what happens here is we'll start pouring on our gratitude and we'll start saying, you know, whatever is pure and whatever is lovely, all those things that you've shown me, God, the things that you've come into my life and made me complete, I start to pour in. And we can, we can do this for a little bit and we can, then we'll stop and we'll start writing in our gratitude journal, right? And we'll start, start a note in our phone and we'll start writing things down. And then life kind of comes and maybe we stop and we hit pause and we're kind of stuck here. And you know, maybe it looks a little bit less cloudy, but there's still a lot of doubt. There's still a lot of anxiety in there. There's still a lot of stuff in there. And so we've got to keep on pressing through and we've got to take every thought captive, according to scripture, right? And make it obedient to Christ. Because as we do that, whatever is true and whatever is honorable, and we keep on doing that and pouring it in, Lord, it says, you will guard my heart and you will make me new and you will uncloud my heart. And you'll give me a new heart, even in a new vision. And gratitude, what it does is it comes in and it clears our cloudiness and makes us whole again. The picture is of completeness. And I want to close with something that just happened to me this week. I was, I was out at dad's place on Tuesday. He had uh, surgery Um, cataract surgery and so he just needed somebody to be with him for the day and so I was just hanging out with him. I got a call from Deanna at the end of the day and it was a long day. I'd been out there kind of working and just kind of hanging out and I was ready to go home and be with the family. Um, Deanna had dinner on the table and was ready to go be with the kids and um, this call from Deanna and she said, hey, there's a mutual friend of ours that we've known, a family friend for a long time and she's kind of in a place of trouble and she's asking for some help. And um, there's, there's some things I've learned along the way, you know, of being, in, being with Deanna for so long is that, number one, she's a lot better person than me sometimes. <laughs> and number two, she's got a discerning spirit. And so when she tells me to do something or, uh, you know, has an idea that we should do something like this, I, I try to talk myself into doing it even if my attitude isn't there. And so I was ready to go home. I was ready to just book on home. But she said, can you, our friend needs help. She's got a friend that got her to this place where she's checking herself in to get some help, get some recovery. And um, her friend needs a ride. And so he's, he, needs a, he needs a couple places that needs to be dropped off. Can you go pick him up and go take him to wherever he needs to go? And so as I'm driving there, Maybe you can you know, picture this in your mind. Your pastor is complaining. <laughs> I was thinking, I'm hungry, I'm tired, I wanna go home. I don't know what this guy is gonna be like. I've never met this guy before. He's a friend of a friend. I don't know if he's gonna, you know, it's gonna be an uncomfortable situation. Maybe he's gonna ask for money. 
Maybe he's, I don't know what's going to happen. This might be uncomfortable. I don't know what I'm walking into. I don't like uncomfortable. I mean, who likes uncomfortable, right? And so I get there and I shake hands with this guy that I've never met before. And he says, he puts his bag in the backseat of my vehicle and I could immediately smell his bag as he put backseat of my vehicle and but he he came over with gratefulness and just introduced himself and he said hey can, can I just can I help our he's saying can I help your our mutual friend we're gonna I'm gonna go get her checked in I'm gonna carry her bags and then I'll be right back out so he did that he gets in the vehicle and we start driving and we go to the places that he needs to go and he starts sharing his story and this is this is a guy whose story was so full of disappointment of of being let by almost everybody in his life, including his parents, including his relatives, including those that he was with in, in the foster care system. After some conversation, we actually found out that he was um, in the same foster care family as, as my older daughters were in in Spearfish. And so there was kind of that, and it was like a small world. What the, I couldn't believe that. And we started talking and learning more about it talking about you know how his mom and his brother they they were they had struggled with addictions in his life and but he talked about his as, as he was talking about all these different people along the journey of his life he kept on talking about them he would say like yeah it was really rough and yeah I was really abused and yeah a lot of bad things happened through that but he said I'm so grateful for them and I'm so grateful for every turn in my life because it's made me who I am today and he was talking about his brother who had taught him the trade of welding and, and he went and got certified in that. And he said, I know he struggles, but man, he, he, he equipped me and he made me a better person so I could provide for myself. He talked about his mother and he talked about how any time where, where as he was growing up, he would try to make money. He, anytime he got money, he would take that money and he would give it to his mom, even though he wasn't supposed to. And she used that money to feed her addiction and she would go get drunk or go get high or whatever. But he said it didn't matter to me because that's the only way that I could get to spend time with her and he talked about the different families that he had been along the way and he said at every turn it seems like they I just had the story of they were letting me down they were pushing me away they were abusive and he told this story in this 30 minutes of time that we we're together and the thing that just blew me away the thing that just kind of put me to my knees. You know, here I am. I'm trying to be the spiritual guy in this scenario, right? I'm trying to, I'm praying in tongues the whole time. Lord, give me the words to say. I, I want to be used as a vessel by you. But what was happening is I was finding myself in tears as this guy was showing gratitude over all those situations that he had walked through. And I thought to myself, he is preaching the message that I'm trying to prepare for Sunday with his life. And here he was, even though it was an inconvenience to him, he put down everything aside to make way for our mutual friend to go and get care and get out of the addictions that she was fighting. And even to the point of, you know, he didn't have a vehicle. He was, that's why I had to give him a ride. He was putting everything aside and what blew me away was his attitude. And I tried to speak to him. I tried to, I tried to say my, you know, give my word to him, you know, but really all that came out was like, you are a good person. <laughs> I can't believe, you know, you, you are here in this moment and, and your place and your purpose right now is, is so meaningful to me that you're helping out, you know, our mutual friend. It's, it's amazing to me. He could have had a lot of opportunity to complain and he could have had a lot of opportunity to be bitter 
could have had a lot of opportunity to be angry. But the thing that I heard from him more than anything was gratitude. And for us, as we close this morning, that which the enemy has tried to hold you captive to in your thoughts, in your fear, in your worrying, will be replaced by the peace of God when you allow gratitude to overflow in your heart. It's being thankful in all circumstances. And what you'll find is, perhaps, even in the middle of a time where there's a lot of negativity, where there's a lot of things, quite honestly, to be concerned about, and find negative, t- negative thoughts in and be held back in, maybe you'll find that there is a cure and a little miracle called gratitude. And when you put into place a heart of thankfulness, perhaps it'll help you to learn to set your eyes on things above. Let's stand as we close this morning. Father God, we just thank you for your father heart over us. God, and I just pray that you would help us to have hearts that are full of gratitude for all the things that you do for us. God, and even in the middle of the hard times where the enemy would come and he would try to pull us apart, God, you are the Father God that puts us back together and brings us to a place of shalom, completeness, fullness. God, we thank you for that this morning. And when we can walk with hearts of gratitude, Lord, when we can set our mind and our heart on things above, Lord, it says, it's in your scripture, it says you guard our hearts and you guard our minds. So God, help, our, help us to go first of all to a place of gratitude. God, you have unmerited favor for us. Your grace covers everything. Lord, we have so much to be thankful for. God, we thank you for your grace. Lord, fill us with joy, even when it doesn't make sense. Fill us with grateful hearts, even when it doesn't make sense. Lord, that when we trip, we still have a firm foundation that we can hold on to, and you've made us whole. We don't fall apart when the, when the things of this world come along because we're, our foundation is strong in you. God, we're thankful for who you are and who you make us to be. God, I'm gonna set my eyes on things above. Also, if you're here this morning and you have yet to make a decision to follow Jesus in your life, or maybe you're here this morning and you're saying, well, I I need to find myself on my knees again in a place of surrender. There's a reason that you're here or watching this morning. I just pray that Holy Spirit would just speak to you right now and just give you a peace, give you a perfect shalom, that he's the God he's, who sent his son to be a rescue for you this morning, wherever you're at. So if that's you, with every head bowed and every eye closed, just raise your hand if you're in the room with me this morning. We wanna agree with you and we wanna pray with you. And if you're online, we're gonna pray this prayer together. Say this after me. Father God, I give you my heart, everything that I am. My mind is yours. And you say that you will guide it. Thank you for the cross. 
Thank you for coming to set me free. I step into the fullness of all that you have for me. I want that. (laughs) So I surrender this morning. My life to yours. In your name I pray. Amen and amen. Come on, let's celebrate those that have made a decision this morning. Amen.